Our first reading is uh, from Malachi chapter 3, verses 1 to 4. I will send my messenger who will prepare the way before me. Then suddenly the Lord you are seeking will come to his temple. The messenger of the covenant whom you desire will come, says the Lord Almighty. But who can endure the day of his coming? Who can stand when he appears? For he will be like a refiner's fire or a launderer's soap. He will sit as a refiner and purifier of silver. He will purify the Levites and refine them like gold and silver. Then the Lord will have men who will bring offerings in righteousness. And the offerings of Judah and Jerusalem will be acceptable to the Lord, as in the days gone by, as in the former years. The second reading is from Luke chapter 3, verses 1 to 6. John the Baptist prepares the way. In the fifteenth year of the reign of Tiberius Caesar, when Pontius Pilate was governor of Judea, Herod, tetrarch of Galilee, his brother Philip, tetrarch of Ituria and Trachonitis, and Lysanias, tetrarch of Apolline, during the high priesthood of Annas and Caiaphas, the word of God came to John, son of Zechariah, in the wilderness. He went into all the country around the Jordan, preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins, as it is written in the book of the words of Isaiah the prophet, a voice of one calling in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord, make straight paths for him. Every valley shall be filled in, every mountain and hill made low. The crooked road shall become straight, the rough way smooth, and all people will see God's salvation. Thank you. Let's pray. Lord, we come and we sit at your feet, waiting to hear your word to our hearts. You speak now, and may we be changed by your word speaking to us. Make us more like you, we pray. Through Jesus our Lord, in the power of your Holy Spirit. Amen. As we thought earlier, we have messed up. There isn't one person here who hasn't got it wrong. Although some of us don't like to admit that. That is truth. That is human nature. We get it wrong sometimes. We, we make a wrong judgment. We make the wrong decision. We say the wrong thing at the wrong time. And we get it wrong. Sometimes we feel hurt by that. Sometimes we don't even realize we've done it. But we are messy people. Not one of us is perfect. Not quite as perfect as the next person we're going to see. It is Christmas, and there are certain films on at Christmas that, uh, that sort of have to be on. There's, they're always on at some time. Can you think of some? Wonderful Life. A White Christmas. The Great Escape. That's always one of my favorites. What was that? Diablo. <laughs> yeah, cool. 
Love Actually, yeah. <laughs> yeah, there, there's lots of them. Wizard of Oz, that's another one. There's always a Bond film on somewhere, or at least once. And the one none of you have mentioned, which we're going to watch now. A little bit of. Practically perfect in every way. Wouldn't we all love to be like that? Now, the bizarre thing about that, and don't think about it too hard, because it, it is just a story, but before that bit, she tells Michael, the little boy, not to judge people by appearances, and then gets a tape measure out and does exactly that. But there we are. Hey. She, so she's not practically perfect in every way, but she, she thinks she is. Some of us think we are. Some of us think we are practically perfect in every way, but we get it messy. We get it messy. Oh, we'll do the next one because we've seen that one. We know what we do. Sometimes we get that messy. That reminds me of somebody I know, and he's frowning at me. Another story. They're going to love this. They're never going to come to church ever again if I keep on like this. But, um, this was Jonathan's default position when he was about two. Um, he liked orange food, and uh, most of it ended up either... In... Do you know those bibs that catch everything? Yeah, they're great, because you can eat jelly and beans and sausage all at the same time. It's fantastic. And then children at a certain age like texture, don't they? So they like to get their hands in there and, and mess it up, and then they like to put that on other things, like parents and the walls and stuff. So that's, we get messy, and it's not just children. We, we all mess up. Few of us really are Mary Poppins. And yet we know that deep down, we want to be right. Deep down, actually, we want to get it right. We want to be clean. We want our hearts to be pure. Deep down inside us, we know we want to get right again. We know there's something that doesn't work properly. When we mess up, we know we've messed up. Now, it's only certain people with certain psychological dispositions that don't have that in them. But most people do. We know when we've got it wrong, when we've got messy and dirty, we want to make the right choices. And we want to be like our Heavenly Father because we're made in the image and likeness of God. And therefore, within us, there's a desire to want to be and act and do as God does. We want to be trustworthy. We want to be faithful people. We want to be people that love without cost. We want to be right. Not, not I'm right, therefore you're wrong. But a rightness that says, I'm right before God. I've done the right things. I've lived the right way. I've followed God. And we want that more than anything. But then we think, ah, oh, look at the world we live in. It, it's designed, it's almost set up to make us fail. We come across people, people, other people that aren't us, who have a different way of thinking, of a different way of acting. And that messes it up. Wouldn't it be great, I always think this, wouldn't it be great if everybody was like me? <laughs> My wife disagrees. <laughs> no, it wouldn't be great. But sometimes that's our thinking. 
Because the world would be a lot easier to work in if everybody thought and acted like us. But that's not how it is. And actually, that would make a very poor world if it were true. But we do have to work in a world that is full of traps that get us messy. We're distracted. We're taken away from God. We look the other way. We find it easier to get angry or upset than we do uh, to seek peace and understanding. We work in workplaces that are pressured and we find that pressure builds up and people get upset with each other because things, the plans, the, 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 the projects are not going the way they should be and we fall out with people because of that. Our neighbours and our friends and possibly even our families we have difficulties with because they are different. But we need to get right again. We need to be right before God. And that's what Advent is all about. Okay. We need to get cleaned up for Advent. Advent is a time to stop. It's a bit like Lent. Although that's been lost a bit. You might have noticed that recently. Originally, Advent was sort of a mini Lent, if you like. And I hadn't realized it, but in churches that wear different colors, Advent and Lent have the, they wear the same colors. And I'm wearing it today, but I hadn't planned to do that. It's purple. Purple is the color for Lent and Advent. There we go. I've got a liturgical shirt on. How about that? I asked whether I could have a green one. I wasn't allowed. But <laughs> for normal time. But anyway, we, Advent is a time to stop and reflect. It's a time of penitence, of getting right with God. Penitence sounds like a terrible word, doesn't it? It sounds like that sort of word where you'll get a stick and you'll hit yourself over the back with it until everything's right with the world. But that's not what it was designed to do. It was a designed to, as you lead up to Christmas, just to get right with God. But the problem with Advent now, it's become a time to get more busy. Almost, and if you look at perhaps the TV or other things, out and just go out into the shopping centres and places, you will see that it's a place where we need to put faith aside and get on with the shopping. That is the reality of the world we live in. Advent has stopped being a time of reflection and become a time to get busier. But we all need to stop. We all need to take a breath. We need to stay quiet for a minute and get right with others and get right with God. From the exile in Babylonia is where Malachi is talking. The people have come back from exile and they're back in Jerusalem. They've gone through this whole thing. They've got it wrong with God. God sent them into exile with the Babylonians and they've come back and they're in Jerusalem. Now you'd think everything would be fine. 
you think they'd all be cheering. They'd be going, hooray, we've got it right. God's forgiven us. We're all back where we should be. Everything's working fine. We can get back to praising God and doing all the right stuff, offering the sacrifices uh, and all the stuff that they should be in the temple, which was being rebuilt and all that sort of stuff. It's all going fine. Hooray, we've gone through all this terrible exile, but now we're back where we should be worshipping God, except their people, so it didn't work like that. Otherwise, they wouldn't have needed the prophets who came to tell them that you need to get back with God. You need to get it straight again. God's people, almost as soon as they got back to Jerusalem, were doing the wrong things. Partly that's because they'd spent so long in exile and they got out of the habit. But partly it was because we're almost, we have that inclination to always want to do the wrong thing. So they were offering offerings to the foreign gods. And even the priests, Malachi was saying, the Levites will, will, be, will get it right again. The Levites got caught up in the mess. The people that should have got it right were getting it wrong and leading the people in the wrong way. And Malachi warns that God is on the move and they need to sort out which direction their hearts are facing. They need to stop, take a breath, say a prayer and get right with God again. And John the Baptist's message was similar. He was a messenger sent from God to prepare the way for the Messiah, the Christ. Prepare for the coming one, our Lord Jesus. He was the one who was going to point out to the people of Israel the one that was coming to save them. His message was one to stop and repent. And we need to stop and repent. We're in a mess. Just as people were back then. We may say, oh, wasn't it silly of the Israelites to get in all that trouble? Wasn't it silly? Shouldn't they have known better? Yes, they should, but so should we. We are messy. We're dirty. And in God's eyes, we get it wrong. Because when God... You look at it from God's perspective. God is absolutely perfect. He's more than practically perfect in every way. He is perfect in every way. So everything we do doesn't quite measure up to where he wants us to be. And yet, he's prepared to give us a go. Within that, he still loves us. Within that, he's still prepared to forgive us when we mess it up. We are dirty and we are messy, yes, but God helps us. And he sent his messenger, John the Baptist, to bring that hope back to the people. He is saying, you can be clean. You can have it all washed away. You can get rid of that mess. All you've got to do is just stop and repent. Again, it's a word that's gone out of fashion. It's almost, again, like, oh, we've got to do some stuff to make it all work and we, we have to gravel on our hands and knees. Well, sometimes maybe we do, but actually God wants us to turn our hearts back to him. Repent, is a Greek word, means turning around, doing a U-turn, facing back to God and not our own way. Asking forgiveness from Jesus. That might take humility, that will take courage. 
because we have to admit to ourselves and to God that we've got it wrong. And how many of us genuinely like to admit we've got it wrong? Very few of us. We like to think we've got it right. So it takes a degree of courage to turn back to God, to admit we've got it wrong, to repent and say we're sorry. There's a story, and I think it's D.L. Moody, who was a preacher back in the uh, 1900s. Very famous preacher, um, and very strong on uh, being washed clean, having our sins cleansed by Jesus. He he saw lots of people come to know the Lord through his message. He was an evangelist. uh, And he was meeting with a gathering of people around a dinner table. And, uh, and, And there was a discussion about perfection, about whether we could be perfect on earth. And he went around the table, and there were his friends there, and they were having this discussion, as these sort of people do. And and one guy said, well, I think I'm perfect. And I think we can be perfect on earth. I think we can have time where we're absolutely perfect. And he said, I believe at the moment, before God, I am absolutely perfect. Now, the story goes that Dwight L. Moody poured a glass of water into his lap. And then he said, so how perfect are you now? Because you can imagine the thought going through that man's head. Why is that idiot just throwing water in my lap? Oh, I'm not perfect anymore. It's not easy to be perfect. But God promised that before him, when we repent, when we stop and repent, he makes us clean before him again and that nagging doubt that that thing within us that desire to be right before God is accomplished not through anything that we've done but because of the blood of Jesus that cleanses us from our sins so we need to stop and reflect and repent we also need to get ready so next traffic light red and amber Advent is a time not just to stop and reflect, it's a time to get ready. We know that, it's time for preparing for Christmas. Who's already started to defrost their turkey? If you've got a 20 pounder, I guess it probably needs to start about now. Who's already made their Christmas cake? Only one person, and that's Jonathan. Is that really true? Nobody else has made a Christmas cake. Christmas puddings? Aldi. (laughs) Probably true. I guess some of us have already been on Amazon to buy the presents. Yeah. We're preparing for Christmas. And that's what Advent is a time for. It's a time to prepare. John the Baptist and Malachi talk of getting ready for the Lord. They say, prepare the way of the Lord. That's what John the Baptist is echoing Isaiah's words. They're preparing. Advent's a time of preparing, not just for the first coming of Jesus as a little baby, but also his second coming, when he comes in glory to judge the earth, to bring his glory back and to restore the earth and the heavens. And we know that return will be a sudden return. It will come with judgment. And Malachi's words, who can stand? None of us can stand on our own abilities 
before God's judgment. As we've already worked out, we're messy and we're dirty. And yet we're promised in those words of Malachi that God comes and he will refine us. He will refine us. And we will become pure like silver and gold. We will get clean. Jesus purifies us. He gets us and he scrubs us clean. He's like strong soap, it says. Strong soap. I have a favourite soap, and I don't know whether you can get it anymore. My nan used to have it, so that shows how long it is. It wasn't quite rationing, but it's quite a long time ago. It was called Wright Coal Tar Soap. It's got a lovely smell. Some people think it was disgusting. It had a horrible hospitally smell, but I liked it. I quite enjoyed it. And it got you clean. You know you've been washed in Wright's Coal Tar Soap. It had that lovely, clean smell. We, we become clean, not through the, our efforts, but by Jesus' work on the cross. Freedom from sin, new life, comes because we put our trust in the salvation that Jesus brings, being saved by Jesus. And as we're going to sing a bit later, it's that amazing grace that God brings to us through Jesus. It's not through any effort that we make. It's through the effort that Jesus did for us on the cross. And people will notice the difference, but we have to get ready. We have to make the paths straight. In that message from Isaiah and then John the Baptist, it's a bit of um, civil engineering. Make straight the paths, level the roads, make the mountains flat and the valleys flat. What he was saying was we've got to prepare our hearts. We've got to be expectant that God will come and do this stuff. And that's about getting right with God through prayer. This is the bit we have to do, is to make sure our relationship with God is correct. That we're constantly being filled by God's Holy Spirit. That God's Word is speaking to us on a daily basis. That, as somebody once says, we're keeping short accounts with God. In other words, if, God was, if Jesus was to come today in 10 minutes, that we'd be ready to receive him. Are we? And it's a bit like having regular health checks. I'm getting to that age now where I have to go for regular health checks. It's nice of the doctor to do that, to tell me that I'm overweight again. But they do it for the right reasons. Because they want me to live longer. They want me to live healthier. They want me to have the quality of life that I should have as I get older. And it's the same for God. Keeping our short accounts. God does a health check. Oh, do, we, do we come before God? Are we right before him? Are we there ready to serve him? So we have to trust in Jesus and know that he's coming again. So we have to be ready for Jesus' return. We also have to be ready for Jesus' cleaning, cleansing. Our hearts have to be prepared. So we've had the stop 
of Advent. We've had the get ready of Advent. Now we've got the go of Advent. Yay, we got to the green light. Because this stuff, we know we get it wrong. We know we're messy. We now know that God can cleanse us because we put our trust in Jesus. But it's not just to stay for us. Because as we said right at the beginning, we're going into a messy world. A world that is messed up. And we know even this week, and I'm not going to... Yeah, go on then, Brexit. Well, I didn't hear too much of a groan. And most people are getting a bit tired of it, it has to be honest. But we look at that whole debate and the whole thing that's going on in Parliament, and it looks a mess. And perhaps from our untrained eyes, it does look a mess. And maybe there's stuff that we don't know, and I'm pretty sure there is. But... Just as an aside, we need to pray for the whole country on on Tuesday when that vote happens. However you voted before and however you think now, you need to pray for those MPs because they've got a massive task on their hands. But anyway, it's a messy world. But we don't go as holier than thou. And it's one of the things that the church has always, always got in trouble for is when we think we've got it right and we're a lot holier than everybody else you know how squeaky clean is my halo that's what puts people off that holier than thou attitude I like the picture that you've probably heard before that we should go like a beggar showing another beggar where to find bread recognizing that we've got it wrong but we've found the answer that makes it right again, that cleanses us. We go into the world with a humility, knowing that it's not through us that things have been made right in our lives, but through Jesus. Knowing that we are messy and dirty people too, but also know that we are washed clean, purified, pure gold by Jesus. That's what Advent's about. It's about stopping It's about getting ready and then it's about going. Go out and show others how to be clean and how to be refined and how to be pure gold. Not through anything we do, but through the blood of Jesus. Let's pray. Lord, it is your amazing grace that we come to you now admitting our failures admitting that we're messy and we've got it wrong, we know, Lord, that that sometimes we wish, we know we want to think we've done right, but we've got it wrong anyway. Preparing our hearts that we make straight the paths, that we're ready for your return. Forgive us for our sins. Make us clean again. May we be cleaned by that pure soap May we be refined like pure gold and may we be ready to go into the world and show others your love, your cleansing and your hope. May this Advent time be a time where we reflect, where we stop and we get ready and then we go. Not for our glory, but just for yours we pray. Amen.